come and see. You and I were made for relationship. Relationship, yes, with one another, but ultimately and most deeply, relationship with God. And when those are ruptured, it hurts. It's not easy. Our readings today invite us into that relationship we were made for. We see Samuel in the temple where the ark of God is. So he's like right there next to God. And so God calls out to him. And, and Samuel doesn't really understand. And so he's like, I'm here. You know, you, you called me. He thinks it's the priest, Eli. And so he goes and talks to the priest. And uh, Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, kid. You know, and so, <laughs> so then he goes back, and, and the Lord keeps calling him. He doesn't understand. And the Lord keeps calling him. He doesn't understand. Which is maybe my first little point here. That no matter how much we feel like we don't understand and we can't hear the voice of God, he never stops calling us. No matter how deep in sin I am, no matter how far I feel, he never stops calling us. But it's interesting because then we hear this line, at that time Samuel was not familiar with the Lord. So here's Samuel who... The backstory is his mother, Hannah, prayed for a child. God gave her Samuel, and so she brings her baby to the temple, and she gives him to God's service. And so he, he was raised in the temple. He's raised around the things of God. He's been very close to the things of God. But that's different than knowing God. I've, talked to, I've spoken to many Catholics who have gone to Mass every Sunday of their lives, who've been very close to God, but feel like they don't know God. And you notice how it says that Samuel was sleeping? I think spiritually, when we feel disconnected from the God of life, it robs us of life that we can feel dead, we can feel asleep. To come to Mass every Sunday and feel disconnected from God is the most exhausting, annoying thing ever. But God made us for relationship. He wants us to be familiar with him. And so finally, the Eli kind of gets it after the third time, and, he's, he, and so he, he teaches the youth, Samuel. He says, you know, okay, when you hear God calling, Respond this way, which is a way that we can always, we don't have to wait till we hear him. We know, that he, we know that he's calling. But he gives him the right posture. He says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You, which is kind of like the words of the psalm, right? You know, that the, the good response before God is, okay, here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. And so then he's able to hear, <clears throat> actually what he hears, if you pick up the Bible and read the next few verses, what he heal, hears <clears throat> is not the most pleasant words. It's actually a condemnation of Eli, the priest. And so sometimes 
What's blocking us in prayer is God is trying to say something to us that we don't want to hear. Or he's trying to tell us something that's unpleasant. And the last thing I want to hear is that. And so we put up resistance. But Samuel listens. He hears that and he speaks the word, the prophecy to Eli. And it goes on to say that Samuel grew up and the Lord was with him. The Lord was always with him. But now Samuel was with the Lord. Does that make sense? God is always present to us. It is us who are not always present to him. And it says, the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. Okay, does that mean that everything he asked for, he got? No, no. It means that as he walked with the Lord, that his um, efforts, that his uh, relationship with God was effective. Um, that God was able to affect in him his plan for Samuel's happiness. We hear another call in the gospel that here these two disciples are with John the Baptist. They, they desire to know God. That's why they're following John the Baptist. And so John's standing there with his disciples and he points. He says, behold, the Lamb of God. There, there's the one you're looking for. There's there's the meaning you're searching for. It's Jesus. And so the two start following Jesus. And very interestingly, at this point, they haven't actually encountered Jesus. That sometimes the following of Jesus happens before we ever have an encounter with the Lord. Just like Samuel in the temple. That's why it's like, Okay, Father, I tried that prayer thing. Nothing happened. It's like, you know, I, we know that God's there, but it doesn't mean we're going to hear anything yet, that we can follow the Lord for a time before we really encounter him. Because we encounter him in his perfect timing. So I think this, I see John the Baptist here. It makes me think of the Newman Center a little bit. That, that John the Baptist points the two disciples that there's Jesus. That's the one you want. That's who you're looking for. That in my mind, that's what the Newman Center does. That the whole purpose with mass, with adoration, confession, with Newman nights, with retreats, it's, it's all about come know the Lord. Because once you know the Lord, he's going to change your life. And, and you'll find that meaning and happiness you're looking for. And so that's, that's my job as a priest, is to like point the way, like Eli. It's say this to God. God's going to speak to you directly, but let me help point you in the right direction if you need it. So at, the, at that moment, Jesus turns to the disciples who are following him, and he says, what are you looking for? But one of the things that God asks us in prayer is what are we desiring what do i want what am i looking for why is this important saint therese says it this way the lord has always given me what i desire or rather he has made me desire what he wants to give me the Lord has always given me what I desire, or rather, he has made me desire 
what he wants to give me. St. Therese goes on to say that I desire to be a saint, and I know that I would not have this desire if the Lord did not have a plan to fulfill it. So what's the desire of my heart? What do I want? Happiness, peace, fulfillment? What's the passion within me? Because the passion within me is the Lord's desire within me. Sometimes we feel like I want things that that I don't think God wants for me. It's like, well, no, God wants our truest happiness. God advocates for our happiness. And so the invitation is to go to God with our desires and he will purify them. I, I had a desire to be married, you know? I was like, God, I really, and there were different prayers at the time, like, God, I really want to be married. This is the one, <laughs> you know, like, and what God showed me was, is, and I, but then I was afraid. And then after a while, I was like, wait a minute. I feel like maybe you want me to be a priest, but I don't, I don't want that. And I'm really nervous to pray. And what, what he showed me over time was that my deepest desire that I had not yet uncovered yet was for me to give myself away, not to one person, but to any person that the Lord put in front of me. To be truly free. To go where he leads me. To love who he puts in front of me. That my heart was made, I felt like, made for that kind of love. I felt like this bigger kind of love. Um, but that comes out with our desire. And so he asked them, what are you looking for? Which is something we should always express our desires in prayer. God, here's what I want. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I want. Here's what I don't want. God wants to hear that. So he asked them for their hearts, and they turn around and ask him. They go, Rabbi, teacher. So he's, he's the one who's going to teach them. They say, where are you staying? What they're saying is, you're the teacher. We need you to teach us what makes for happiness. And Jesus responds, come, and you will see. That, that if you come, you will see for yourself that the only way you will see is if you come. Like, I felt that way about this conference we just got back from in Chicago. I was like, I've been to probably like eight of these things. And, um, and I just, I tell people, I'm like, it's unbelievable. Like the best speakers of the that are out there, like we're in the middle of this talk and all of a sudden Jim Caviezel like showed up on stage and the place went bananas, you know, like, and I was like, I can't tell you about it. You have to experience it. You, you have to see it for yourself, but you can't see it unless you come. That's why we do retreats every semester. It's like, I want you to know the Lord, but I can't do it for you. I can just point you, but you, the Lord waits with love and patience for us to come to him. So it's, he, he, he's a gentleman. He waits for us to come. And so as we come, that that's when we're going to see. And so the, he's saying to them, come and you will see that, that the way it worked at that time. And, you know, when you have like a master and a disciple or like a master and apprentice, that the apprentice would learn from the master by going to live with them, by watching them work, by eating with them, by talking to them by listening to them, that, that we absorb from the master. That I, I heard somebody say one time that, that the Christian faith cannot be taught, it must be caught. 
that we absorb it in culture. We absorb it in our family or we don't absorb it. We absorb real love or we experience a conditional love. That this community here at the Newman Center is meant to be a place where we absorb and walk and eat and talk and listen from the Master. And by living with Him, walking with Him, spending time with Him, that that's where real relationship comes from. Real relationship, again, and real relationship is different than just being around somebody, being with somebody. It's kind of like, think about last semester with your roommate. People have different experiences. Sometimes people, they're like, I lived with this person all semester, and I feel like we don't even know each other. Or we have a different experience of, I, I love this person, and as I think about that person, I think about all these different memories and ways that we've like wasted time together. Like that's what forms a relationship. You have to like waste time together. You have to do things together. And so if we want real relationship with the Lord, it will only come by going to be with him, by wasting time with him. It's, it's an investment of my of, of my whole person, of my life. You know, maybe it's that too late for this, but you might have the other experience I think of with like real relationship, real intimacy versus being around each other. Some students have the experience, especially coming back from break, where I was with my family all break, but I wasn't with my family. That's how I felt when I was in college. I was like, Mom, I'm home. She's like, you're not. You're sleeping in, and then you're going out, and then you're watching TV, and you're here, but you're not here. And so there's a difference, you know? And so where does that, what's the change? The change comes when I come with my desire. God, here's my desire. I start to share my heart, which makes me vulnerable. And, and I begin to look to him the Lord to teach me about what it means to live. Where does happiness come from? And then something happens. It says, what did the disciples do? So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. That's an interesting detail for people who didn't have, you know, coarse watches, you know. Um, <laughs> this gospel was written around the year like 90 AD, right? And this event in Jesus' life is happening, you know, you could say about 30 AD. So this, this person, the gospel writer, is talking about something that happened 60 years earlier. And he remembers the moment that changed his life. That when you and I, when we go to the Lord, and we stay with him, and we expose our heart to him, it'll change our life. And, and not in any sort of negative way, but in the most liberating, free, life-giving way ever. It's when we encounter the Lord, it's like a light being turned on in our soul. It changes everything. And so Andrew's so overcome that what does he do? He turns and he, he runs and he, he gets his brother and he brings his brother, Simon Peter, to the Lord. And, and aren't we thankful he did, you know? Um, 
But when, when we encounter the Lord in genuine relationship, like it's kind of like when you have a friend and you're like, dude, I can't wait till you meet my friend. Like this guy, he's not just a great basketball player, you know, but like he's just really cool to hang out with. You got to hang out with him. Like I felt that way about friends. And Jesus invites us to do, like when we know the Lord, it's like, man, come meet the one who told me everything about me and loves me. And so he, 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 he brings his, his brother there and Simon says, Jesus says to Simon, you are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Kephas. That in Simon, so in Jesus, Simon encounters who he really is. That Jesus Christ fully reveals man to himself and makes his supreme calling clear. I'm afraid that I'll encounter God and my life will be different. Yes. But it'll be the best different you could ever imagine, better than you could ever imagine. That that's what God wants for us. He wants us to put on Christ, to become the new creation, to be the beloved son and daughter he created us to be. That's his calling for us. That, that's, he wants our happiness. And so how do we do that? We respond to his invitation to come. and be, You're here right now. You're already doing it. The next step is in our heart to, to share my desire. As I sit here in Mass, it's like, God, here's what I want. Here's what I want differently for this semester than last semester. I want a better relationship with my family. I want to have a better relationship with my roommate than I did last. I want to, I want to have better grades. I want to, I want to, I want to, I don't know. What do we want? I, I don't want any more of this. I don't, I don't want to fall into sin anymore. That we can do that even here at Mass to, to bring our hearts. That's when we say we lift up our hearts to the Lord. That's what we're doing. What's, what's, our, what's in our hearts today that we want to lift to the Lord? The Newman Center that is open during the week to stop by for five minutes. To stop by maybe 30 minutes a week. There, there are students at the Newman Center who spend an hour with the Lord every day. Isn't that crazy? Like, where do they find the time to do that? And if you ask them, they will say, it's not, um, how do you find the time to do that? They would say, how could I not do that? The one who gives me life, the one who makes me awake, the one who wants me to live life to the full so that his joy might be in me and my joy might be complete. Why would I want anything different than that? And so we come to the Lord as we are. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Padre Pio says this. He says, you don't have to be worthy. You only have to be willing to come to the Lord, to see what he has for us. And if we come, we will see.